Hello, welcome back to Coffee with Creator. I hope you have your coffee and you're ready to talk about Jesus. It has been a minute. I told myself when I started doing this that it's not going to be something that I um, stress about. It's not going to be something that I I have to record a podcast because I want people to see me doing it. I told myself that it was going to be a place for me to share the word of God. And when I got a word that I would share it, it's not going to be... um, I'm not sure like a better word to put it, but I'm, I'm not going to stress over it and I'm not going to let this become a burden on my relationship with the Lord. I want it to be a place for me to share the gospel, but also not a burden. If that, I hope that makes sense. But um, I've been gone for a little bit. I have just been truthfully struggling in my walk with the Lord, not in a completely negative way, but you know, our relationship with him is going to ebb and flow just like our relationship Um with anything else, but he is not of the world and he is our most important relationship, most important thing to person to turn back to. So I needed to pour into myself for a little while before I could pour into coffee with creator. So I just needed to get that refilling of the Holy Spirit and Jesus and just rest in that for a little while. But I am back and I really just want to talk about who we are in Christ. Who does he say we are? Who does he call us to be? What should we believe about ourselves? Because truthfully right now, the world tells us a lot to believe about ourselves. Um, Personally, just a couple things that I think the world tells me to believe that I am. Um, I am a wife. I am a behavior analyst. I am a girl that goes to CrossFit. I am a failure. Sometimes the world tells me that. Like, you're failing, Haley. You are a failure. And there's so many more that we could go go with that. I can be a bad wife. I am angry. I am anxious. I am fearful. I am all alone sometimes. And that is what the world feeds us. It feeds us this um, self-love aspect. Oh, excuse me. Self-love aspect to believe in. Um, hey, if you don't have yourself, you have nothing, which is absolutely incorrect. So today I really just kind of want to talk about what the world says we are and who we really are in Christ. So I spoke on this a little bit at a faith and fitness we have here in Texas. And I just wanted to say really quick what the identity, what identity is, just the English definition of it. So if you Google identity definition, it says the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. So if you think about that, the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. So the English definition, the world's definition of identity. Again, if I was to describe myself according to that, I would say, okay, I am a wife, I'm a behavior analyst, I am a girl, I am, there's so many things that I could just go down the list. I am a dog mom, I am uh, a Texan at the moment, I am from Florida, I am a girl who likes to read, but there's also the side of, I am anxious, I am worrisome, I am hangry, I am, and I know you guys can relate to that one, I am this, that, this, that, you know, there's so many, there's endless names that we could give ourselves, endless identities, if you will, that we could give ourselves if we are living according to the world and its definition. But here's the cool thing, if you follow Christ, if you believe in Christ, if he, if the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, um, we don't have to follow this identity that the world is giving us. We do not have to 
agree with what they say about us, we do not even have to claim those things. And honestly, sometimes if we do claim those things from the world, it has a negative connotation on who we are as a person. Because instead of just saying, I am a wife, I am a dog mom, all these cool things, the world tells us terrible things too. Like, um, I am a girl who struggled with alcohol. I am a wife who fails all the time. I am too loud and too outspoken. I am overwhelmed. Um, I will never be as good as this person or that person. And again, none of those are true. So today, I really just want to dive into what the Bible, which is the Lord's living word, it's still alive today, it is still true today, it is what we live by. I want to dive into what the Bible says about who we are. So this is going to be a bit scripture heavy, but I'm going to read through some scripture of what the Bible says we are and then kind of discuss just briefly on each one about what that means. So to start, um, if you want to open your Bible and turn with me, or if you're listening in the car or at work, that's fine too. But we're going to start in 1 John 3, 2. And I'm reading this. Um, you might hear me clicking around. I have them all pulled up on my laptop. So 1 John 3, 2 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So the I am, I'm going to call them I am's because we are stating what we are. So the I am in this verse, 1 John 3, 2, is we are children of God. There are times when I'm sitting on my couch, I'm out in public, whatever, where I, I forget who I am and I am, oh man, I'm a disappointment. Oh man, he's not watching me. Oh this, oh that. But I am his child. And I know there's another scripture in the Bible. I'm drawing a blank of the name of the scripture, but it says... If our son is to ask us for bread, will we give him a stone? Right? If he asks for a fish, will we give him a snake? No. And if we are so evil, but we're still going to take care of our children, how great is our father that he's going to take care of us? So I try to remember, I am a child of God. And if I can ask my worldly parents for something and they love me so much, they're going to take care of me. How much more does our heavenly father care about us? So just remember, you are a child of God. The next one is, I am a co-worker of God. And that verse is 1 Corinthians 3, 8 through 9. It says, The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So think about that. We are God's co-worker. He, this big, amazing, all-knowing, omnipotent God, we're his co-worker. He loves us that much. How cool that we can work alongside of him to spread his word. So just keep in mind, you are a co-worker of God. How cool and how valuable is that? Next one is, I am a light. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, which reads, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So again, you guys, I am a light. Claim that over yourself. I am a light. I am a light. I am a light. Because the Lord tells us we are the light of the world. We cannot be hidden. How awesome. So I try to remember when I'm feeling like I'm in this dark place, or I am darkness, or I am down in the dumps, and I just feel dark, for lack of better words. No, the Lord calls me and tells me I am a light. 
The next one is, I am a masterpiece. And that verse is Ephesians 2.10, which reads, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we are a masterpiece. God created us. Think about that. Think about this God in heaven. This, this I, I don't know how else. I, I can't describe him because he is so great and so worthy and so just amazing that he created us. These hands that created the world also created you and I. I am his masterpiece. Who am I to say that I am nothing better? And there are times where I think I am gross. I need to go to the gym. I need to wash my face. I am disgusting. But no matter what I look like, I am a masterpiece from God. Think about these artists who make these beautiful paintings and we see them and we're like, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Man, that's great. Now look at yourself as God's masterpiece, just like those artists have their masterpiece. You are, I can't say it enough (laughs) over and over again, a masterpiece. That again is Ephesians 2.10. The next one we're going to look at is I am a new creation, which is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So, this one was a hard one for me to understand when I was a baby believer. I mean, just 2020-2021 understanding. Um, And you can go back and listen to my first podcast if you want to know my testimony. But this was difficult. I am a new creation. What do you mean? I'm still the same person that I was born. I'm still Haley, whatever. I got married. My last name's Eldred now. Cool. That makes me different. But no, when I truly started following the Lord and having a relationship with him, just like it reads in 2 Corinthians 5.17, I am a new creation. That old me is dead and gone. Truthfully, I don't even remember the desires that I had then. I don't even remember... I don't desire those things at all. I look at it, I'm like, ugh, that sounds disgusting. Like, I don't want to do that. But it's because I'm a new creation in Christ. When you truthfully follow the Lord and read these scriptures, you you change, truly. You are dead. You have been born again. So just remember, claim over yourself, I am a new creation. That old me, that's not even me. That old person, they're gone. Next, we're going to talk about I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. That verse is going to be 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. And it reads, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So reading that, I I just, this whole verse baffles me because I am not my own. I was bought at a price. I have been thinking recently and just kind of meditating on the thought, which I think we should every single day, that someone died for me. And I watch these movies or these shows, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he jumped in front of a bullet for her. That's so romantic, cute, aw. But someone literally got on a cross and didn't just die a quick death, suffered. Suffered for me and for you. Suffered nails and suffered a crown of thorns and suffered whippings and all these things that they he did not deserve because he was truly perfect he was the one who did not know sin but became sin for me and you that's crazy and since that occurred now my body is able to be a temple of the holy spirit 
I am a temple of the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I saw something the other day, and this might sound silly to some of you, but I watched it, and it was uh, a video of someone asking, it was like, if you could talk to a disciple today, would you say something like, hey, man, what was it like walking with Jesus? And the disciple looked at him and was like, what? What do you mean? What is it like living with him inside of you? And that hit me like, whoa, that is pretty cool. We get to live with him inside of our bodies. We are a temple of that Holy Spirit. So just super cool. <laughs> the next one is I am blameless, which is Colossians 1, 22 through 23. And it says, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So again, if you would like to go read that, it's Colossians 1, 22 through 23. But it says, we have been reconciled by Christ's physical bodies, like we were just talking about on the cross through death to present me wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So we are completely blameless. And that, again, when you look back at your past, you might be thinking, and I am completely guilty of this. Oh, well, how could he love me? Did he see what I did in college? Did he see who I was at high school? Did he see my those years? Because I'm pretty gross. I'm pretty yucky. But no, because he sent his son to die for us, we are free from blemishes. He sees no blemishes on our body. How cool if we could only see ourselves through his eyes and we are free from accusation, which is awesome. The next one is I am blessed, Ephesians 1.3, which says, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are blessed, you guys. And that's such a, I mean, I think people see it as a cheesy term, like, oh, you are so blessed. Oh, we're so blessed. A little Southern thing to say. But no, truthfully, we are blessed. The Lord has blessed us. I just, just take that word in and don't hear it as the, the Southern term that we all say like, oh, what a blessing. It really is a blessing. So see it for exactly what it is. Next is I am bold, which is the verse is 2 Corinthians 3.12, which reads, therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold, short and simple, but it's in the living word of God which is the Holy Bible. And that means it's true. We need to believe it. So let me read that again. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Claim that over yourself today. I am bold. I, I think it's wild when people claim, um, and I just heard someone else share this too recently, but I'm shy. I'm shy. You know, I would go evangelize, but I'm shy. No, don't claim that over yourself. Yes, there's a time and a place to be quiet and be slow to speak, but there's also a time and a place and the Bible tells us we are very bold. So you are capable of doing those things because the Bible tells you so. Boom, mic drop. <laughs> the next one is I am delighted in. Zephaniah 317 is the verse and that says, For the Lord your God is living among you. Among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. So, again, that one is I am delighted in. He takes delight in you with gladness. And I think it's cool that in the Bible it adds in with gladness. 
it's not just saying he will take delight in you the end. He'll take delight in you because he has to. He'll take delight in you because, you know, that's what he's supposed to do because he's God and he has to love us. (laughs) No, it says he will take delight in you with gladness. He wants to delight in you, friend. He wants you to turn to him. He wants you to be like, wow, I can live this life. Yes, with gladness, he will welcome you in. So you are delighted in. Next one is I am enough. Um, that verse is Colossians 2.10. says, I'm going to read um, a cu- two different translations because I want to explain something. So the first one is, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So it tells you there, you know, I am enough, I am complete. But then I'm different, um, this is ESV, English Standard Version. It says, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So in the Bible, a lot of times it uses those interchangeably, being filled and being complete kind of go hand in hand. just wanted to read both of those. But you are complete, you are enough in Christ. You don't need to worry about being enough to this guy, that girl, this person, that person, this boss, um, even your pastor. You don't have to be enough for him. You don't have to be enough for your small group leader. You need to, you are enough in Christ. And as long as you're turning to him and striving, um, striving is the wrong word. You don't have to strive. <laughs> but as long as you are trying to have that relationship with the Lord, you are enough. Next one is I am forgiven. Acts 13, 38 through 39. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin justification you are not able to obtain under the law of Moses. So you're forgiven. Point blank, the end, you're forgiven. Um, it just says the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. It is shared with you. It is yours. You can proclaim it to others. You are forgiven. That past, it doesn't matter anymore. It's been washed away by the blood of Christ. Your sins are made white as snow. You are forgiven. The next is I am free. Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This one hits. It hits me. It's intense. It just makes me think. I'm going to read it again, kind of break it down. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Friend, you have been set free. You have been set free from alcoholism. You have been set free from sexual immorality. You have been set free from illness. You have been set free from disease. Disease has to bow at his name. Disease, illness, sickness, it bows to him. Anxiety bows to him. It gets on its knees because it is not worthy in front of him. So stand firm in that. Don't let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't let yourself be burdened by slavery to fear, slavery to alcohol, slavery to drugs, slavery to sexual immorality. You're not called to that anymore. You are set free in Jesus Christ. So claim that over yourself. I am free. I am free. Next one is I am gifted. Um... Just a preface to this, in today's world, it's easy to think, well, like, she's good at that. He's good at that. Wow, she's amazing at that. She got first place in that. What am I good at? I mean, I do good at my job, but, like, it's work. Yeah, I'm okay at that. But no, the Lord says, you are gifted. Let's read First Peter 4.10 together. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So you should use whatever gift you have received. That does not say, if you get a gift from the Lord, you know, you could try to use it. No, it says, whatever gift you have received, you will receive a gift from the Lord. And that's a whole different thing that we could talk about another day, um, the gifts of the Spirit. But 
use whatever gift you have received. You will receive. You're going to receive. Use it. So I am gifted. Next is I am holy. We'll read through Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So again, to break that down, we are holy. He chose us before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He looks at us and he's like, oh man, I love them. They're so holy and blameless. Like, could you, could you imagine looking at yourself that way? Could you imagine reading the word and believing it? How cool. So let's start doing that. Let's read the word and get our identity from that and not what the world says we are. Next is I am justified. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So point blank, you have been justified through faith. Next, let's read through Romans 8, 38 through 39 to hear about how you are so loved. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So nothing, nothing can separate you from that love. I know I'm getting on my soapbox here about how much he cares about you, but I need you to know. Me and my husband, we talk about this, but we just have this, I wouldn't say a fear, but it's just a thought that goes through our head when we share Jesus with other people, when we share the gospel is, we don't want to get to heaven and think like, oh man, where are they? We really thought they'd be here. But they didn't know how much the Lord loved them because we didn't share it. So I need you to know right now, friends, he loves you. He loves you despite your past. He loves you despite your current political beliefs. He loves you despite your history. He loves you despite your current mistakes that you made this morning. He loves you. And there is nothing, neither height nor depth, nor the future, nor any powers, the present, angels and demons, death or life, anything in all creation, can nothing can separate you from that love. So just know nothing. And it, this again, this is from the Bible. This is the word of God. This is the living word. Nothing can separate you from that love, no matter how much you think it can. I'm sorry to tell you, but you're wrong. <laughs> it can't. Okay, next is I am made great. Psalms 18, 35. You make your saving help my shield, and your righteous hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. Thank you, Lord, for making me great. Again, I don't deserve it. We don't deserve it, but he has made you great. Next is I am never alone. Deuteronomy 31.8 The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. As someone who formerly in my past struggled with anxiety and fear of being alone, which is kind of like, not FOMO, but (laughs) you know what I mean. Just the fear of being alone was so intense and so great. And when I got that relationship with the Lord and realized, you know, since then I've been delivered of anxiety. I do not have panic attacks, you know, none of that. Because I know Deuteronomy 31.8 is true. Because I know the Lord himself goes before me and will be with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. So in those moments where I'm like, oh no, I'm alone. No, I'm not. Maybe in the world, maybe I look alone, but the Lord's always with me. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I can talk to him whenever I want. So just keep that in mind if that's something that you struggle with. You are never alone. 
I am pleasing is our next I am. 2 Corinthians 2.15 For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Again, I'm going to read that beginning part again. For we are to God the pleasing aroma. So we are pleasing to God. We are pleasing. Next I am is I am redeemed. Colossians 1.14 And that says, in whom he, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I'm actually going to back up and read Colossians 1, 13 and 14. It says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So again, I am redeemed. We have redemption. We can be forgiven. We can be redeemed. That is Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Next is I am righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we are called to be the righteousness of God. We are called to be righteous. And we can say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because we're able to do this due to God making his son who had no sin, who knew no sin, to be sin. So think about that. This man walked earth not knowing sin and being no sin, having no sin, to eventually literally be sin in itself, be sin completely for us so that we didn't have to struggle with that anymore. We didn't have to be slaves to that sin anymore. How awesome. So I just think that is so, so good. But anyways, we are righteous. I am saved, Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So we've talked about his love for us. We talked about we are loved in Romans 8, 38 through 39. But this one, again, Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, is telling us because of that great love, our God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. So he saved us, you guys. If he wouldn't have sent his son to die for us on the cross, we would we would die. We would not live eternally. We would live a very short life and then just be put six feet in the ground with nothing to live for. How cool is it that we have this living God that we can live for now and live eternally as long as we believe in him? It's just, it baffles me. Even reading this to you guys after I read it to myself, it baffles me. So next is, I am set apart. We're going to read 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are chosen, you guys. We are set apart from all the other people who are living of the world. We are chosen as a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession so we can declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into light. How cool that he set us apart like that and made us his. Next is I am valuable, 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And I know we read this again earlier when we were talking about I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. But again, this is talking about now how valuable we are. How valuable that our bodies get to be temples of the Holy Spirit. I know going back and reading the Old Testament, when you read about the tabernacle and the holies of holies and 
that secret place where only one person was allowed to go over a certain period of time. And if anyone else went in, they were to die. They would be put to death because they are not worthy. But now we are so worthy that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We don't need that tabernacle anymore. We are the tabernacle. We are the Holy of Holies and he lives inside of us. How valuable are we? How cool is that? Next, I want to read about how we are wonderfully made. In Psalms 139, 14, it says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The last part I want you to think about, I know that full well. Do you know that full well? After hearing all of these I am's, do you know that you are wonderfully made? Do you praise him because you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you know that his works are wonderful? I really want you to know all of these full well, you guys. So I'm going to read through the I am's again and just let you hear them one at a time without the scripture so you can claim this over yourself today. I am a child of God. I am a co-worker of God. I am a light. I am a masterpiece. I am a new creation. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I am blameless. I am blessed. I am bold. I am delighted in. I am enough. I am forgiven. I am free. I am gifted. I am holy. I am justified. I am loved. I am made great. I am never alone. I am pleasing. I am redeemed. I am righteous. I am saved. I am set apart. I am valuable. And I am wonderfully made. Thank you, Jesus, for calling us to all of these things. So I challenge you today. Claim these over yourself every morning. Claim these over yourself daily. When you're feeling down in the dumps, you know, remember who the Lord says you are. We are not in this world. We are not of this world. We're not called to be. So I challenge you to just claim this over you today. I'm going to say a quick prayer. So if you're driving, don't bow your heads. But if you're able, you know, just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Lord, you are so, so sweet. Thank you. Thank you for telling us who we are. Thank you for giving us a written word that is still living today that we can claim over ourselves. I pray that the people listening to this and myself as well, God, that we will take this in God and we will cherish it and we will truly understand it. We will not just turn to it when we need it, God. We will turn to it daily because we need your bread daily. It is called the daily bread. So I pray that we will claim this over ourselves and proclaim who you are and share this with others and understand that we are not meant to be of this world. In today's day and age, that's easy. That's easy to say, I am anxious. I am not loved. I am depressed. I am an alcoholic. I am this. I am that. I am this. I am that. But that's not what we're called to do, God. So I pray that the Holy Spirit will fill these people daily. The Holy Spirit will just remind them who they are in you, Lord. I just pray all of this over them. I pray that they know how pleasing and redeemed and righteous and saved and blameless they truly are. I just pray that today, if they don't know you, God, that they will turn to you because they now know that they can rest in these things. They know that, oh, wow, I can be delighted in. Someone thus love me. I am loved. I pray that these people who may have never known love know it now, God. I just ask all this in your name. Amen. Well, by now, I hope you had time to finish your coffee. And I hope you just enjoyed this time with your creator. I love you guys.